we're analyzing AMD advanced micro devices to see if it's a great business on sale. We're using the select six analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating a fair value for AMD. Then we're giving a final rating to the business. This is just over a 10 minute analysis. It's gonna be intense, but it's gonna be worth it. Before we get into these valuable metrics, let's understand AMD stock performance. Right now, AMD trades for $110.01 per share. Year to date, they're beating the market. Their stock price is up 72%. AMD's beating most other companies. In the last five years, AMD's had huge returns for their shareholders. They're compounding at almost 50% annually. The company's stock price is up more than eight times. In the last 10 years, they're compounding at 41% annually. These are huge returns with their stock being up about 27 times. Going back prior to the global financial crisis, AMD's stock price has compounded at 11% annually. From AMD's low point in 2015, they've been one of the best performing stocks in the entire market. Can this trend continue? Right now, AMD trades $22 below their 52-week high. The company's still up more than double from their 52-week low. AMD is a very big business. They have a $177 billion market cap. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to AMD? Advanced Micro Devices, better known as AMD, designs microprocessors for the computer and consumer electronics industries. The majority of its sales are in the personal computer and data center markets via CPUs and GPUs. Additionally, the firm supplies the chips found in prominent game consoles such as the Sony PlayStation and Microsoft Xbox. AMD acquired graphics processor and chipset maker ATI in 2006 in an effort to improve its positioning in the PC food chain. In 2009, the firm spun out its manufacturing operations to form the foundry Global Foundries. In 2022, AMD acquired field programmable gate array leader Xilinx to diversify its business and augment its operations in key end markets such as the data center and automotive. Now with that background, let's get into the numbers. Starting with metric number one, we want their average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. The average business earns about a 7% return on capital. Looking for a benchmark that's double this builds in margin of safety based off the quality of the business. AMD's returns on capital have been quite good in most of these years. However, semiconductors are a cyclical industry. Their returns on capital crashed in their most recent fiscal year, dropping from 44.5% in 2021 to just 2% in 2022. Even with this recent swing, AMD still earns 21% returns on capital in an average year over this time. That's three times better than a typical business and one and a half times better than our benchmark. This is a check on metric number one for AMD. Metric number two, we're looking for growth to go along with their high returns on capital. We want to see five-year revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth. All three of these have to be up for this to be a check. During this time, AMD's revenues have more than tripled. Their earnings are up. In their last 12 months, they've earned $395 million. And their free cash flows have swung from being negative to positive, and they've been positive for the majority of these years. This is big growth for AMD. Another check on metric number two. Metric number three, we're looking at AMD from the view of an individual shareholder. We want to see earnings per share growth in the last five years. We learned in the last metric, AMD's earnings are up. However, the company's diluted shareholders by 52%. The vast majority of this came in their Xilinx acquisition, which was completed in February 2022 in an all-stock deal that was worth about $50 billion. That's a very big deal. Whether it creates value for shareholders can depend on some key factors, such as where AMD was trading compared to its intrinsic 
intrinsic value and how the Xilinx acquisition ultimately will end up. Because of their shareholder dilution, even though this was for an acquisition, this is an X on metric number three, as their earnings growth is outpaced by their shareholder dilution. Metric number four, we're looking for something similar. We want to see free cash flow per share growth in the last five years. Different from their earnings, AMD's grown their free cash flows by a lot. This outpaces their shareholder dilution. AMD's grown their free cash flows per share in this time. This is a check on metric number four. Free cash flows are the ultimate consideration for a business. We're using a discounted cash flow analysis later in the video to estimate a value for AMD. So stay tuned. Recapping where we stand currently, through four metrics, we have three checks and only one X for AMD. But there's still one vital piece missing. You might think nailing returns on capital and having good growth is the key, but we haven't touched on the one thing that I believe sets AMD apart, which is having these without using a lot of debt. Metric number five, we want AMD's net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term equivalents, to be below the sum of the free cash flows they produced in their last five years. AMD's had increasingly negative net debt in this time, meaning after paying off their debts, they're left over with cash. Right now, AMD has about a $3 billion cash cushion on their balance sheet, and in the last five years, when we add up all their free cash flows, they produced about $7.2 billion. This is a big check on metric number five. Not only does AMD have this balance sheet strength they also generate a lot of free cash flow now let's try to value the business the big metric of them all metric number six we want amd's average five-year free cash flow divided by their total enterprise value to give us a yield that's above five percent if this is the case this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury it's the first of two ways we're estimating a value for amd Right now, AMD has a $174 billion enterprise value. This accounts for both their market cap and their net debt position. It looks at AMD similar to it being a private company. In the last five years, we learned AMD produced $7.2 billion of free cash flow, meaning they produce about $1.4 billion in an average year. When that's divided by their $174 billion enterprise value, we get about a 0.8% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. On a current basis, AMD produced $2.5 billion of free cash flow in their last 12 months. When that's divided by their enterprise value, we get a 1.4% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. Both of these are coming in below the yield of the 10-year treasury, meaning they're down from the risk premium as well. This is an X on metric number six, but don't just throw AMD out, we want to estimate AMD's fair value per share. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze AMD, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow to estimate AMD's fair value per share. A DCF model is based off the predictability of a company's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. AMD has not been that predictable of a company in its past. The semiconductor industry is cyclical. AMD's shown that cyclicality right there with the rest of them. AMD's made significant moves in the last 10 to 15 years to transition its business model, and it's had its recent diversification efforts with acquiring Xilinx that has the potential to limit some of these big swings. That's not a guarantee. We're starting with an average of AMD's free cash flows from their last three fiscal years, then using historical assumptions to grow these into the future. It's up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for the business. Assuming AMD grows their three-year free cash flows at a rate of just under 9% for the next decade, then in the following decade, assuming this growth rate is cut in half and they're growing at 4.5%, if we add in AMD's tangible book value, which gives an estimate of their net worth, if we're seeking a 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett's looking for, from today's valuations, an estimate of AMD's fair value is around $24 per share. About 
80% from their current stock price. That's pretty far off. There are key points you need to be aware of. AMD compared to its history is trading for some very high multiples. It's also not been that predictable of a business, which impacts our assumptions. This is an estimate. Most importantly, it's not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with your financial advisor before making any investment decision. In just a minute, we'll talk about our final rating for AMD, but we have to address something first. We've covered the numbers, but the qualitative aspects of AMD may be even more important. What are they? Starting with the factors supporting a potential long thesis, number one, AMD has its sights set on Intel's dominant server CPU market share, and the EPYC server chips have proved to be comparable or even superior to certain Intel chips in many benchmark tests. Number two, relative to Intel and NVIDIA, AMD is the only one that boasts x86 CPUs and discrete GPUs, which could be advantageous in the future as computing increasingly shifts to heterogeneous workloads that require both types of chips. Number three, AMD's recent CPU and GPU offerings have been more competitive with Intel's and Nvidia's products, respectively, and utilize TSMC's leading edge process technologies. We'd be remiss if we didn't cover the negative factors as well. Looking at the factors supporting a potential short thesis, number one, AMD's lack of size may make it difficult to maintain any momentum against the likes of Intel and Nvidia, which have considerably deeper pockets. Number two, Nvidia is ahead of AMD in GPU technology and has been increasingly successful leveraging its GPUs into adjacent ed markets such as artificial intelligence. Number three, Intel remains the dominant player in the processor market and holds long-term advantages over AMD in aspects ranging from research and development and marketing to pricing. There you have it for a balanced look at some of the qualitative factors of the business. Now it's time to give our rating. In analyzing AMD advanced micro devices, we learned the company earns very high returns on capital. They've grown a lot in the last five years. A recent acquisition has diluted shareholders by 50%. Yet with AMD trading at some high valuations, that transaction could create value for shareholders. AMD also generates cash flow and has a cushion on its balance sheet. It's worth reiterating this analysis is not financial advice. AMD doesn't look attractive based off their free cash flow to enterprise value yield compared to the yield of the 10-year treasury. When we performed our discounted cash flow analysis, from today's valuations, if you believe those assumptions and are looking for a 15% rate of return, an estimate of AMD's fair value per share is around $24. AMD last traded at those levels in March of 2019. Looking at the factors of our analysis, AMD looks like a moderate candidate for further research. The company has a strong business that's changed a lot in the last couple of decades. While growing strongly, it looks like a lot of their future performance is priced into their stock. Again, this is not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with your financial advisor before making any investment decision. If you enjoyed today's video, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, share your thoughts about AMD, and let me know what business to look at next in the comments below. Thanks for learning about AMD with me and have a great day.